Um, to be a Negro, to be a Negro in this country, and to be um, relatively conscious, is to be in a state of rage. Almost, almost all of the time. You wonder why I spit the truth and not to make no dope. To make a difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Have a dynamic candidate here who I've had the pleasure of speaking with before uh, when she last ran for the Georgia Senate race. Uh, it is It goes without saying that the stakes are even higher this time. I present her and I, I present myself, honestly, as a different individual. I've always had a certain conscientiousness, you know, when it, when it comes to politics, particularly black politics. But to have a candidate with a bold agenda, to have a candidate with a reparations agenda has never been more important. And so that will be at the heart of this conversation in addition to, you know, just a great discussion about working class politics and just where we are uh, culturally, not just politically, but spiritually, just culturally. Glad to have on the show with us today, Tamara johnson Sheely. How are you doing today? Good morning. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Always glad to have good people on. Always glad to have conscientious, strong people on. And if you guys aren't following Ms. Johnson Shealy on Twitter, if you could give them your Twitter handle very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's Tamara Shealy. Okay. T-A-M-A-R-A Shealy, S-H-E-A-L-E-Y. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Please follow this young lady on Twitter. It's just so you can see. I always talk about the work because the work is, yes, it's activism. But the work is so much of the work is informational and you do a good job of just providing information and providing political. I, I'm going to use the term options, but it's, it's mm -hmm. more so liberation because the options that we have are two party, Democrat, Republican. There, there's got to be more for black folks socially and politically and otherwise. But with mm -hmm. that said, I want to talk about, in your words, a bold campaign. Um, that's what you're pushing for. And I'll just speak to the richness of that campaign, if you could just talk about some of the pertinent issues um, that you are uh, campaigning for, that you are uh, raising to the level of, of, of urgency. Yeah, again, um, so I'm a reparationist at my core. You know, for those of you that don't know me politically, this is not my first run, not my second, not my third, not my fourth. This is actually my fifth consecutive run for office. Wow. And I ran for the Georgia State Senate three times in 2014, 16, and 18. In 2018, the race was won, and there's a whole story behind it. But the legislator that sits in the Georgia State Senate, she won off of my work. Um, but in that, those three runs, I always talked very boldly about race, racism, and race relations. That is how I was able to gain traction in those three runs coming in running in that district that was predominantly white and Republican. Um, it was held by a staunch Republican for many, many years. Even Republicans couldn't be this, this particular Republican. So, I, you know, I, I really spoke to people who didn't have a voice politically, who felt lost, who felt left out and left behind. So I, I really gained traction talking to us about us and for us. So that was my first three runs. And then in 2020, the special election here in Georgia, I became involved 
prior in the reparations movement. You know, this is a, a big fight that's not just here local to Georgia, but this is a national movement and, and really global. You know, reparations, this this push was b way before me. It, it just gained traction for me. It helped me to gain traction in, in, in the race in 2020 because then I took race, racism, and race relations to the next level and started really diving into the intricates of reparations. And now we're here in 2022. I haven't changed my tune. It is all about the need and, and the urgency, as we said earlier, the urgency here in Black America. What people don't know is that by 2053, the data, and this is pre-COVID data, right? COVID has sped up a lot of things. Absolutely. This is pre-COVID. 2053, Black America will have zero net wealth. White America has 10 times the wealth of Black America. 10 times. We're about 13% of this population, but we only have about 2.6% of this nation's That's wealth. That's scary. That, that's scary and that wealth is concentrated athletes entertainers the average black person we're broke we're broken we're hurting and our house is on fire and reparations hands down hands down is the only policy the only policy that will fundamentally change the state and fate of black america the only policy to it is the silver bullet it's like i don't know any other policy that would change what is happening and what has happened generationally to black America. The long and short of it, my goodness there. <laughs> wow. I mean, and, and that is, it is period. You know, you can, <laughs> we can look at so many different stories come out. You know, we look at land grabs, you look at, you know, FEMA, all these different just variations of things. And they all come back to when you look at the, uh, the black condition here in America, reparations is, is the way that it's going to be made right. Other than that, Forget about it. How are you as a candidate able to speak so boldly about reparations, but also have the integrity to have a, a holistic campaign where you're able to also talk about women's rights? Because a lot of times what happens is people say, well, you got to focus on this issue or that issue, but you don't limit yourself in that way. You say, hey, I can speak to all of these issues boldly. And yes, I am a reparation. Let's just talk about that, the versatility that you have politically and how really that's something that I would love to see from more candidates. Yeah. You know, and you and I had this conversation, you know, about black, the word black, you know, I've been black all my life. Right. And when you hear me, you know, I'm black, you see my name, you know, I'm black. When you see me, I'm black. <laughs> I mean, it is who I, it's, it's who I am at my core, you know? So it's, I don't know how to be anything, but authentically who I am. So when in these political spaces, I don't know how black politicians run from their blackness. I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know how they do that. I don't know. I know why they do it, because America, you know, historically, it's taboo to say to speak to black issues or to fight for black people like that'll get you. You know, that won't get you. You can't get elected talking black. You can't get elected talking fighting for black people. OK, that's what that's then. This is now. And honestly, I believe that the only way to get elected is to talk black to black people and to be authentically who you are. I think there was, you know, this game, this political game that we play. I'm just not willing to play the game. I'm not I'm, I'm unbought and I'm unbossed. I don't. And I think it's just who I am. And I don't you know, I think it just I don't really have an answer <laughs> beyond. It's just authentically who I am. I, I don't know how to be anything else.
We'll return to Making a Difference after these messages. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Do you need insurance for your car, home, life, or business? Then trust Jay Harvey, your Allstate insurance agent in Evans, Georgia. He opened his agency in 2017 because he loves helping and working with people. As a husband and father, he understands the importance of helping families prepare for the unexpected. You can get a personalized insurance quote today by calling 706-434-8106. Jay's office is located at 3118-8 William Few Parkway in Evans, Georgia. Remember, you're in good hands with Jay Harvey, your neighborhood Allstate insurance agent. It's the West Coast Diva. Tell them, follow the leader. It's yo, yo. You're listening to Making the Difference with Ken Making. I can appreciate that. And authenticity and just being real is, is the long and short of it. I think that's a good segue um, into a particular dialogue that I saw recently uh, with the current Senator Raphael, uh, the Reverend Raphael Warnock. I'm going to play it now and I want to get your thoughts on it. My question is, um, it seems that we're always dealing with the symptoms of the problems instead of the bigger issues. Um, and it seems that's one of the issues that could kind of fix all the issues is talking about reparations. And we don't talk about reparations enough in this country. Um, and the last that I checked, um, House, the House had gotten the HB 40 passed committee. And as far as I can tell, that's where it stopped. Um, and I know you're in the Senate, so I'm not sure what you can do about that. But I'm just, I, I did just wonder what you could do to further that cause um, in America right now. So there, there is a bill to study the issue of reparations. Here, here's what I'm for. Equity and opportunity. And I wake up every day fighting for that. Um, and I do it in such a way that I think benefits all of us. But when you look at the issue of, of health care, for example, if we can get uh, Medicaid expanded, it would help all of us if we could get Medicaid expanded, if we could get a fix. But it would have a disproportionate impact on communities of color because the disparities are so great. So after hearing that dialogue, what, what are your thoughts in terms of Reverend Warnock's take on, uh, on reparations? Oh, when, when I saw that, I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed because he is in a position. Not only is he the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church standing in the pulpit of Dr. King, the legacy of Dr. King, you are in position as the United States Senator here in Georgia to really push this forward. Like you are in position and HR 40 and S 40, the reparations study, cause that's all they are is a study. There's no, no teeth in this legislation that, that specifically will push this in one direction or the other. This is just a study HR 40 and S 40 in Congress. It's been there since 1989. He has not even signed on as a co-sponsor. He has not even signed on as a co-sponsor. So it was so disappointing to hear him run around the question, literally run around the question. He gave it all these other, you know, added all these other 
issues. And that wasn't even the question. So it was disappointing. And we cannot send him back to Washington. So to be clear, you're positioning yourself and you're saying, hey, I'm a candidate. I'm the candidate for Georgia Senate. What does your response to that question and what does your policy in terms of that look like specifically if and when you are elected? Yeah. So someone asked me just uh, just a few days ago in an interview, what would your first 100 days, what would you do? And I said, I said, and this, this will be my answer to you as well. Reparations, reparations, reparations. I'm very clear about why I'm going to Congress. And I think that's where a lot of legislators, they, 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 you can't just go to Congress. I, I have no desire to be a career politician. I'm still young. I have young sons. I look forward to them being married, getting, having me some grandbabies. And I want to come home and be somebody's grandmother, okay? I don't want to spend my, my life in Congress. So I'm very intentional about why I'm going there. And my answer to that question would have been what is at the top of my agenda is to create the reparations administration. The same way we have the Social Security Administration, the same way we have the Veterans Administration. Yes, those agencies have issues, but we can we know what those issues are. We can do it right with this administration. Create this reparations administration where we have a federal agency that will house our redress, where we will have a federal agency that will, of course, cut the check because America, this is a debt that is old. This is generational wealth that we were never able to accumulate that stems from slavery, Jim Crow, black coals, convict leasing, no New Deal, no GI Bill, redlining, war on drugs, and mass incarceration. Mm. So this is a federal agency that has to fix the damage, repair the damage that has been done to black America, those of us who are descendants of chattel slavery. So at the top of my agenda, and the answer to that question, if that was me at that town hall, would be that we are creating the reparations administration. Man, make it plain. The, the make it plain. The historical analysis and breakdown. And these are things that, just for the listening audience, if you're not familiar, of course, I'm going to, you know, continue to provide uh, introspect, introspection and also just, you know, links and access but man to say no gi bill all these things are things that honestly people can just google and look at and just and you, it will blow your mind just the lack of access for black folks you know black folks who have fought for this country black folks who even now we look at you know people talk a lot about you know i, I go down the street and all i see is cbd and every time i see those three letters i think about all the brothers and sisters who are in jail for petty drug crimes for petty marijuana crimes and it disgusts mm-hmm. me and that's where again just reiterates the importance of a reparations administration and the urgent need for it. We'll return to making a difference after these messages. What's going on, everybody? It's Knife Wonder right here, man. And you're checking out Making a Difference with my man Ken Macon. Keep it locked. Peace. This is Donald Doe and Mike Hill Doe with Family Financial Consultants. Do you need help with Medicare, with affordable mortgage and life insurance, building an estate for your child? We provide these types of services for you and much more. As independent insurance brokers, we take pride in coming into people's homes and not only saving them money, but changing their lives. Imagine only paying a few dollars for your medicine instead of hundreds, or cutting the cost of your insurance premiums. Our goal is to provide affordable policies tailored to your individual needs. 
Give us a call at 803-293-8915 or 706-503-3933. Family Financial Consultants, LLC, located at 412 Edgefield Road in North Augusta, South Carolina. Agents work for companies, but a broker works for you. We're hearing a lot about women's rights. We're hearing a lot about Roe versus Wade. A lot of times those mm-hmm. discussions aren't had from the black perspective. As a black woman, I would love to hear your insight on that and what this what this uh, transition uh, in legislation, this, you know, the stripping down of women's rights of black women's rights, what that will mean for black women. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're at a pivotal time in history. And, you know, for me personally, I've been asked this question, too. And for me personally, uh, I do not believe in abortions. That's my personal belief. Absolutely. However, politically and uh, where I believe we are as a nation, I do believe in the right to choose and I do believe in bodily autonomy. So I do not believe that the government or any entity should decide what is right for me and and what I do with my body. So I do believe in in a woman's right to choose. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I want to ask you this. Look, I wish I had an hour, (laughs) y'all. She is, is, you know, uh, campaigning uh, vigorously and you know, it's having the necessary conversations, just talking to so many different people. Um, and we appreciate that. I just want to ask you, because I know you are an individual who transcends the political process. And I, what I mean by that is to say that I know win or lose, you're going to be in the streets. Look, you're going to be in the tweets. <laughs> you're going to be speaking <laughs> truth to power. Just help a person who may not necessarily be politically involved, just somebody who just says, you know, I called Raphael Warnock. He won't call me back. Mm. What can uh, what can everyday people do to start pushing some of these candidates? I got well, look. We got the same issue over here in South Carolina with Jim Clyburn. Look, man. Mm-hmm. What can we do to really just, for lack of a better term, shake down these candidates and, and try to put some good sense into them in terms of black politics? We have to start using that vote like we spend our money. Hmm. I don't give my money to everybody. Everybody can't, I can't, I don't, there's a place right around the corner. I swear they got the best soup, but I had some poor service and I refuse to go back over there and get that soup. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't spend my money with everybody when I'm not treated fairly or properly. So we have to treat that vote the same way. I don't give my vote to everybody if I'm not treated fairly and properly. So we have to really let these politicians know if you don't do what you're supposed to do, then I will not give you this vote. This vote is I won't give it to you. And we have to start weaponizing this vote because it's all we got. It's the money in your pocket and these votes. That is that is how we have to move as we engage. And I think we're starting to wake up. I'm, I'm excited about us as a people because we're starting to see this thing, the game that's being played on us and how it's like this political football they're tossing us back and forth and and playing tricks on us and I think we're starting to see that and I'm just glad that many of us are starting to wake up and we're starting to harness this power we're here we're doing we're here we're we're getting it right and there's a generation of us I like to say this there's a generation of us that had to be born right these 70s and 80s babies you know these those people that you know that were 
in the 60s and they, they have a different kind of 50s and 60s and, you know, older, the boomer generation, they, they have a different kind of mindset because they have this attachment to the civil rights movement. And we we don't necessarily and, and, and the Democratic Party in that with the civil rights movement, along with the Democratic Party. And we don't have that kind of attachment. So we're we're able to kind of move differently. So, again, we had to be born. We had to be born for such a time as this. That's it. And to be clear, when we talk mm-hmm. about the civil rights movement, we honor it. We respect it. Mm-hmm. We appreciate mm-hmm. it. And I think, again, it's just about distillation. When you look at Dr. King, when you look at Malcolm X, when you look at these individuals, America, the American propaganda system doesn't speak to what Dr. King spoke to because Dr. King spoke to reparations. Mm-hmm. Dr. Malcolm X spoke to protecting your vote. Mm-hmm. And these are ideals that have been lost because of various ideas, you know, whether it be black capitalism, whether it be, you know, uh, embracing the Democratic Party for better, for worse. There, There's just a place that, that we say so much about voting and we say, you know, if, if you, um, your vote is your voice, just all of these platitudes and this rhetoric that is ultimately empty when it comes to the actual work of restoring African-Americans and understanding that first and foremost, that restoration begins with reparations. So, man, mm-hmm. a, a lot being said in a little bit of time. So grateful for you, rooting for you again. Twitter, the Twitter handle is. T-A-M-A-R-A Sheely S-H-E-A-L-E-Y Tamara we Mm -hmm. love you and we wish y'all the best any other information that you want to get out there for the listeners they may want to donate they may want to support you how can they do that election day is May 24th please get out and vote please get out and vote Uh, the website is Tamara T-A-M-A-R-A 4 F-O-R Georgia spelled out dot com please go to the website donate and please spread the word to everyone you know here in the great state of Georgia. Most certainly. Glad to have you on the podcast. You take care of yourself. Thank you, sir. The revolution will not be televised. You see, a lot of times people see, 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 see battles and skirmishes on TV and they say, aha, the revolution is being televised. Nah, the results of the revolution are being televised. The first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. What you see later on is the results of that, but the revolution, that change that takes place will not be televised.